Welcome to my first episode of my new podcast, My Mess is My Message. My name is Allie Malone, and I am so excited to be with you all today. Today, I wanted to talk about what my mess is, and when I say my mess, I'm really referring to all the different challenges and struggles I face through various times in my life. Through those struggles, I've learned a lot, and I'm excited to share that with you as well, but I do just want to start off telling you a little bit about myself and my upbringing and who I am. My name's Allie. I'm 25 years old. I grew up in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I am the oldest of four kids, and I have two incredible parents. Growing up, my parents really emphasized the importance of family to us. We always ate dinner together every night. Our family vacations were strictly family, and as a result, we got really close. I mean, it does help that we are all close in age, and we're all two years apart, but we grew up really close, and because of that, family is the most important thing to me. As the oldest, it came with a lot of pros and cons. I loved being my mother's helper. I loved being someone my siblings could rely on and look to. But also, because I didn't have that older sibling to look up to, I had to learn a lot on my own, and I struggled. I made a lot of mistakes. So that was definitely a harder time as the oldest. But aside from being the oldest, I was an active kid. My parents threw us in sports immediately as a way to stay busy and stay active. It was a great way that I made many of my friends. Some of my best friends have come from sports. I also was a pretty good student. I would definitely say I'm very type A and a perfectionist. I know many people use the term perfectionist pretty lightly, but I can confidently tell you I was a perfectionist growing up. I always wanted to be the best I could be, and I wasn't really ever in competition with others. It was more that I really was always competing with myself. I wanted to be the best version I could be. The goal I always had in mind was to be perfect, which I would eventually learn that perfection is unattainable. But because that was always the goal, I really struggled with like accepting my full self because I never really felt like I was enough because I was always measuring myself to perfection. So I was obviously always coming up short and I never really felt like I was enough. But overall, my life definitely appeared from the outside to be pretty great. And I, it was. I was truly blessed with everything I had. But internally, I was struggling a little bit. I was insecure. I was not confident. And I was really, like I mentioned, I was struggling to accept who I was because I was always measuring myself to trying to be perfect. And so that led me to deal with a lot of anxiety, OCD, and several different eating disorders. The first time I do remember having any form of anxiety was actually during my seventh grade math class. I remember sitting in class and like, I don't know what triggered it, but I remember just feeling really uncomfortable and just started getting anxious that I like didn't fit in. I just remember like questioning that and that fear just like made me really uncomfortable. And I remember in my head, and it doesn't make sense, but I remember telling myself if I just got up and sharpened my pencil, like everything would be okay and I would just fit in. And because I couldn't get rid of the feeling, I got up and sharpened my pencil and immediately after, I was just so relieved. And so I went back to my desk without even knowing, I like created a way to cope with anxiety. Like that way of sharpening my pencil gave me a way to cope with the anxiety and deal with the uncomfortable feelings that I was feeling. And I know that doesn't make a lot of sense. Obviously, sharpening my pencil has no effect over the way, whether I fit in or not, or controls any of my future. But in that moment, that made me feel better. So that's what I kind of relied on. And that's kind of what OCD is. OCD is not logical and it doesn't make sense. And deep down, I knew that. But at the time, I just wanted to feel some sort of control and comfort that I did fit in. And for those of you who don't know, OCD stands for obsessive compulsive disorder. It occurs when someone's caught in a cycle of obsessions and compulsions. So obsessions are unwanted intrusive thoughts or urges that trigger distressing feelings. So in this case, mine was the fear of not fitting in. And then the compulsions are behaviors an individual engages in to get rid of obsessions and decrease distress. So in this case, sharpening my pencil. 
And although this was such a harmless little act and thought, me giving into it would actually create a destructive habit for me. So just another example of how my OCD would kind of play into my life. But I would drive my siblings to school every day when I was in high school. We would leave the driveway and it made more sense to actually go right. In my head, I would say if I wanted to have a good day, I had to go left. So every day I would go left and it would make me and my siblings late to work or to school. It would not only stress me out, but it would also stress my siblings out and create a little bit of tension between us. There were other times when I'd be taking a test and I had prepared all night before. And so I was very prepared and I would get like halfway through and like I would get this little anxiety about like not doing well. And I remember telling myself that like if I chose a certain answer, I would do well in the test. And so I would get to like question 13 and I would want to choose A because that was the correct answer. But in my head, I said, if I chose C, I would do well in the test. And it was the most frustrating thing because I would get my test back and C wasn't right. It was A. And this like little thing that seemed so harmless began to really impact my life. It like was affecting my relationships with my family, my friendships, me being present, my grades. So the more power I gave it, the more I gave into like those urges, the more power I gave it and the harder it was to stop. So eventually I did seek help. I went to a therapist just to see if that would help me kind of get over this OCD anxiety. And it was helpful. But I mean, one thing that she actually gave me, which was a helpful tool, was that a strategy called exposure therapy. So whenever I'd feel that urge to, you know, go shop for my pencil or go left out of the driveway, I would actually do the opposite. I would go right out of the driveway or I would not sharpen my pencil. And it, you would sit with the feeling. And then in a few minutes, the feeling would pass and you'd realize that that action had no effect over the outcome. So that helped and it was a helpful strategy. Eventually though, I did stop going to her and, you know. So fast forward, I'm a junior in high school and I'm going to parties a little bit more often. I actually end up meeting my now ex-boyfriend at my first party and he was a great guy. We actually had a lot of mutual friends, so we were at a lot of the same parties. And we had a lot of fun together, but he was the great above me. So he ended up going to college before me. And we did long distance when I was still in high school and he was at college. I don't really know what happened, but I think I was just young and didn't know how to balance it all. And I started to distance myself from my friends a little bit. And instead of hanging out with them, I'd go FaceTime him. And my life began to revolve around him a little bit more. And I didn't really have a good balance. And we continued dating. But because I like spent so much time talking to him, I kind of lost some of my best friends at the time. So that was really hard for me. And then I ended up going to college and we continued to date long distance. I still had a great time in college. I made some of my best friends freshman and sophomore year, but I didn't lean in as much as I would have liked to. And towards the end of, end of our relationship, I started to wonder what life would be like without him, like if there was someone else out there for me, or I always knew that I would regret not being single if I didn't break up with him because I'd always wonder what else was out there for me. So it was really hard. And I thought about it for a while just because I dated him for almost five years and my life revolved around him. I kind of like lost myself in the relationship, not intentionally, but I didn't, I was scared who I would be without him. I was scared I would never find anyone like him again, but eventually I built up the courage and finally broke up with him because I knew it was, it was the right thing to do. And it came at a good timing because I actually had an internship that summer in New York city. So I moved to New York City a few weeks later, which helped me take my mind off the whole breakup. I ended up living in one of the NYU dorms on Union Square, where I was matched with three girls that I ended up living with all summer. They were great, and it worked out so well because it was random, so I got really lucky. And we had so much fun together. I just It was the first time in a while that I felt like really independent. I had a lot of freedom. I could do whatever I wanted. So I went out a lot. I made a lot of friends. I just had so much fun. And I just was very carefree, didn't really care about much. 
And then towards the end of the summer, I remember I was in Florida with my family on a family vacation and my mom had planned a snorkeling trip for us. So I went into my bedroom and changed and put on my swimsuit. And I remember like checking myself in the mirror in my bikini before I left the room. And I remember like stopping and like looking at myself in the mirror and like I was in shock. Like I just didn't realize it, but I was, I had gained a lot of weight that summer, weight that I was uncomfortable with. I'd always been an active kid and pretty thin and had a high metabolism. So I never really had to worry about my weight. And I remember looking at myself and I was just so upset. And all I could think about was just what other people would think of me. And I started to wonder, like, would people like me? Would boys like me anymore just because I gained weight? At the time, I didn't realize it, but like my worth in my head was really based upon my appearance and also the validation of others. So that's really all I cared about in that moment. And so from that moment was really when like all my eating disorders kind of started. I remember going back to school and all I wanted to do was lose weight. Or I thought that if I lost weight and I would get skinny, I was going to be happy. And so it's a really dangerous goal since your happiness is not based upon your appearance whatsoever. But at the time, I didn't really, I was very like young, didn't know what I was doing. So I went back to school and just wanted to lose weight. I had no idea how to lose weight, especially in a healthy way. I had heard from social media and from hearing what other people said, what you did was you just need to cut back on calories and increase exercise. So that's what I did. I started exercising more because I grew up playing sports and never really learned how to work out and use weights. So I just started running and I cut back on calories. I not only did that, but I started kind of labeling foods as good and bad and wouldn't allow myself to eat certain foods. And on top of all of that, I started talking to myself very negatively. So that all four of those things really were not a healthy habits that I established getting back to school. So with the increase of exercise and the decrease of food consumption and labeling foods as good and bad, I started to actually get in this cycle of binging because I didn't realize it, but all week I would really cut back on calories and increase my exercises and not on purpose, but I would literally restrict and then I would cause a binge. So I'd be all week, I'd be kind of restrictive with my diet and I would get you know, end of day, sit down for dinner, and I would binge on food because my body was starving. It was trying to fuel itself, but I wouldn't be able to stop. So I just would consume thousands of thousands of calories in one sitting. So not only was the binges not healthy because I was consuming thousands of thousands of calories in one sitting, but it was also not healthy that I was so restrictive throughout the whole week. After each binge, I would be full of shame and fear of the weight gain. I was so scared that all the calories I consumed would set me back on all the progress I was making with my weight loss. So I, the next day, out of fear, I would restrict the next day. And again, I would binge the next night. And it was a vicious cycle that continued. I found that most of my binges were out of restriction, especially in the beginning. I would also binge because I was labeling foods as good and bad. And when I was at school, I could kind of control what foods I had in my cupboards. Like I would only buy healthier, quote unquote, good foods. But when I would go home, there was a little bit more, quote unquote, bad foods. And I would go home and my mom would make my favorite dishes and my favorite desserts and I would never allow myself to eat that stuff at school. But I'd be at home and I'd be like, fine, I can treat myself. And so I'd allow myself to eat some of the cake. And as a result, in my head, I had this mentality that this was my only opportunity to eat the cake. So as a result, I would binge on the cake. I would have many, many pieces until I was full. And then, of course, I'd be full of shame the next day. And it just it just became like a vicious cycle. Every time I would binge, I would, I, in my head, I would always say it's the last binge, but it never was because there, I never addressed the root of the issue. I also realized that I was using food to cope with feelings. So my OCD kind of started to trickle back in where I, I would be nervous for a test the next day and I would see like a piece of cake on the counter. And instead of just sitting with the feeling or, you know, going to study more, I would say, if I eat that piece of cake on the counter, I'll do well on the test tomorrow. And so I would do it. 
And a few minutes later, the anxious feeling would pop back up and it would be the most frustrating thing because I didn't want the cake, but I still ate it because my OCD told me to. So it was very frustrating. And all these binges started, to, they continued. I was still using food to cope with my emotions. And so as a result, I just feared all the weight I was going to gain from all the excess calories I was consuming. So as a result, I actually started making myself throw up. And that continued for a few weeks until I realized I, I needed to stop that. And it was very unhealthy. So I remember texting my mom and telling her, and she told me I either had to stop or I needed to get help. I also remember she told me that throwing up slows down my metabolism. And of those two reasons, the reason I stopped throwing up was because it affected my metabolism. I, God forbid, I like mess up my metabolism because I was scared of it affecting my weight loss journey. So I stopped throwing up um, and the bitches continued for the most part at school. Usually they would just occur when I was by myself because I was really embarrassed that I would do such a thing. But when I went home, they kind of slowed down a little bit just because I was surrounded more in my kitchen by family. So I had less opportunity to do it. That next semester was the spring 2019, and I was going abroad. I was studying in Europe, so and I had never been before, so I was really nervous about that. I didn't have too many of my closest friends abroad. I was also really nervous because from what I'd heard from others was that all you do is eat and drink abroad. And so I was really nervous if I was going to gain weight. So I was nervous for many reasons, but I didn't go into the semester with a very good mindset. And I remember I got to Italy and I had I was paired with three girls who were all really nice and we ended up doing a lot together in the beginning. We would travel, we'd go out to eat together, we'd go out. And eventually I just kind of like hit a point where I was like, my anxiety took over and I was so nervous by the amount I was consuming that I would gain weight. So I kind of started saying no to like going out with my friends or making up excuses why I couldn't go out and get pasta with them. And I also started like more extremely labeling these foods as good and bad in a much, much more extreme way. So for example, I could only eat fruits, vegetables, and nuts, and I would not allow myself to eat, you know, wine, pasta, pizza, dessert, anything I thought was bad. Literally, I was abroad in Italy and I only ate pasta once because I was scared to eat it. On top of that, I was also walking a lot. I actually am someone who really enjoys walks because I think it's a great way to Check out a new city, but these walks turned into forms of way to burn off the bad food I ate the night before, and they turned it into like miles and miles of walking. And so with the combination of, you know, a lack of nutrition that I was eating, lack of calories and lack of the nutrients, and then on top of increasing my exercises, I was just turned I was just not myself anymore. I was not being present. I could not think clearly. My anxiety got worse because I couldn't really think well. And I just was like n- not social and it just was not healthy. And so these habits continued throughout the semester. I did have a good semester. I traveled a lot and had a great time, but you know, I was still in such an unhealthy mindset. And then I get back to Westchester, Pennsylvania after the semester ends, which is my home. And I had an internship that summer actually at QVC, which is headquartered in my hometown. During that time, I actually didn't have too many friends in the area that summer. So I had a lot of free time to obsess over exercise and food and pay a lot more attention to it. I created even more unhealthy habits. So every day before I went to my internship, I would pack my lunch and I would literally measure out everything that I was bringing the next day. I would pack my breakfast and my lunch and I would measure out everything and make sure that everything in the lunchbox was quote unquote good foods. I was literally would measure out how many almonds. I still remember to this day how many almonds are in 170 calories, 24. I would literally count individually 24 almonds and put them in a plastic bag so I could bring them to lunch. And then the next morning, I'd wake up, I'd go to the gym, I would force myself to run when I really didn't want to. 
And then I would shower, go to work, and I would make sure that I would get there before anyone else would so I could eat my breakfast alone because I knew that it wasn't sufficient and I didn't want anyone to see that. And then later that day, I would go down for lunch with the other interns and it was really sad. I would pull out this really depressing lunch and everyone would either be buying from the cafe or bringing these like yummy, delicious, like balanced lunches. And I was eating like a few turkey roll-ups and like a few almonds. As you can imagine, with all the exercise and the lack of nutrition and lack of calories, I started to lose weight pretty fast. Also, I was really missing out on a lot of like fun social events. For example, my birthday's in the summer. It's July 24th. And my coworkers actually brought in like flowers for me and balloons. And they brought in like many desserts, including like a lot of gluten-free desserts. I have celiac disease. So they were really thoughtful. And the whole day I was on edge because I was so nervous that I would feel the pressure to eat some of the desserts when I was so scared to. So I remember bringing all of it home and giving it all to my siblings and not even eating any of it. So I was missing out on a lot and I was losing a lot of weight because I wasn't getting like enough food to fuel myself. And I didn't really honestly notice, even though I was weighing myself every single day, I didn't really notice how skinny I was getting. And I mean, it had to be like my family friends started telling my parents, you know, she's lost a lot of weight. And every time my mom would bring it up to me, I'd kind of deny it and get defensive. Um, Towards the end of the summer, I eventually realized I was pretty skinny. So I went into the um, my semester or my senior fall semester I was not confident. I knew I was skinny and I was really anxious about it. And I was scared because people could see that I was physically skinny. And so I was really nervous what people would think. And I remember going back to school. And although I knew like I was too skinny, I still continued staying in this habit of, you know, being really careful about what I ate and still exercising too much. I wouldn't really go out with my friends because I was scared to consume alcohol because I was scared of all the calories I would be drinking. And eventually one day I actually woke up and I stepped on my scale and I remember looking down at the number that I saw and I was mortified by what I saw. I didn't think my body could actually get that low before I had to like go to the hospital or something. It was so low and I was terrified. And it's crazy to think because a year prior to that, I was literally went back to school to like lose weight and now I'm realizing I needed to gain weight. And I remember calling my mom and I was bawling and I remember going home and I remember walking home from or walking away from the airport after getting off the plane to my parents' car and seeing them. And I remember just looking at them and seeing the fear in their eyes. They were like so scared. I was so skinny. And so my mom had like made me all my favorite dishes when I was home to help me, you know, be comfortable eating. And she made my favorite coconut cake. And I remember allowing myself to have more than one slice. I remember immediately after I was full of all these thoughts of, oh my gosh, I'm going to gain weight. When is like all this, all the calories going to hit me? And it was, it's really sad because that, those pieces of cake literally had no effect on my weight. I needed to eat so much more to gain weight. And I was just in such a bad state. Well, I went back to school with the goal in mind, I needed to gain weight. I wasn't ready to seek help yet, but I really wanted to gain the weight in the way I wanted to. I wanted to in the most healthy way possible. And I remember I went back and I started trying to increase the calories After a few weeks of trying to do that, I knew I needed to seek help. Gaining weight is really hard, but gaining weight when you are in such an unhealthy mindset like I was makes it even harder. I wanted also not only someone to give me a meal plan, but also to be someone I could talk to about this. So I remember seeing a nutritionist and therapist who helped me through the weight gain journey. She kind of laid out a meal plan for me, reminded me what a balanced meal was. I was amazed by how many calories I should be eating a day, even if I didn't need to gain weight. But so she laid me out a great meal plan. Also was a great support system for me. So I remember taking that meal plan back to me, going to the grocery store, buying tons of things and started increasing my calories. I remember I would wake up every morning and I would sit down at the kitchen counter and I would make my breakfast and I would 
write in my journal. I would write out like what I was eating that day. I kept track of everything because it kind of was comforting to like write it out because it was very overwhelming the amount of food I had to be eating. I was just not comfortable with it. So writing it out always helped. Also during that time, I got really close with God. I knew I needed to let go of control and just trust him. And so every morning I'd write different Bible verses as well in my journal. And that was another, you know, healthy habit I began to establish to take my mind off food. Gaining weight was really hard though, because I was always bloated. I always was full. I never wanted to eat more, even though I had to. I also didn't realize, but when you haven't been eating so much and you increase your calories, you actually will increase your metabolism. So every single night for like two weeks, I'd wake up in night sweats. And it was really uncomfortable and really hard. But it was at this time also that I actually eventually started opening up to my friends a little bit more about what was going on. I think I had hidden it for so long, but now I not only eventually accepted that I needed help and I was getting help, but I think also I knew people could tell. So I wanted to tell people that I was aware of the problem and that I was addressing it. So they're aware of that. So because I knew that, you know, I had physically healed, but I still needed to mentally heal and I had a long journey ahead of me. So since then, I, every day I've been working on focusing on myself and healing myself mentally. And it's been a slower process just because I didn't realize, but I was pretty in pretty deep. And so since then, some things that have really helped me was listening to podcasts. I've listened to so many self-help podcasts, which has been have helped me learn a lot about myself, but also it's been really beneficial to hear other stories and listen to how they navigated it or what they learned from it. And just to know that there are other people out there going through similar experiences. I shifted the social media I followed. I think growing up, I followed a lot of famous people or models and I kind of aspired to look like them. But instead of following that, I you know shifted it and I sh- followed different inspirational quotes accounts and things like that. I followed this one called Morgan Harper Nicholas and she releases a daily email every day that I would read with a little quote and message. And she also has an Instagram account that I followed. But I really like found a lot of security in the quotes just because they gave me a lot of hope throughout this whole process. I also started allowing myself to do things that I would have never allowed myself to do in the past. I allowed myself to eat the fear foods that I was nervous to eat, or I would allow allow myself to slow down and rest. Um, I started allowing myself to go out to eat a lot more than I did in the past. So I just started allowing myself to do things, do the things I actually wanted to do. I also just started talking to myself a little bit more kindly. I had spoken to myself so meanly over the past few years. So I started shifting that um, and telling myself that I was enough how I was instead of that I needed to constantly change. I also started surrounding myself with people that are very genuine and wanted to truly be around me and I wanted to truly be around them. And also I started saying yes to things that I actually wanted to do and started saying no to things that I didn't want to do. I think in the past I've been a people pleaser and I've always wanted to just get the validation from others. And instead of saying yes to things that I didn't really want to do. I just started saying no. And I realized that my time's valuable and life's too short to do things I didn't really want to do. So that's really helped. I think the one habit that really contributed to my healing the most was just slowing down and getting quiet and not either praying or just asking myself what I needed in the moment. I think for so long, I've been so scared of the future and not being able to control that. And this practice of slowing down really allowed me to fully surrender to the unknown and let go and just trust that everything's going to work out. Me trying to hold on to life so tightly is not going to have any effect on the outcome of the future. I really think that this practice healed my eating disorders. I think that in the past, I would get this urge to binge or or this urge to restrict. And every time I get that urge or that thought pops in my head, I instead of allowing that like me to binge or restrict, I would actually stop myself and kind of get quiet with myself and ask myself, what I needed in that moment and was it really food that was going to help or restricting that was going to help. 
and it helped me get in touch with myself a lot. It helped me realize that a lot of my binges and or the feeling to restrict was coming from just not feeling enough. And I felt insecure or overwhelmed and I was leaning to food to kind of help me control the situation. And so once I kind of discovered the root of the issue, it was just always that I never felt enough. It made it a lot easier for me to ignore those urges and really just not get back into it. I also use this practice as a way to ask for guidance throughout life. I think I've always been someone who's wanted to have their whole life planned out. And it's been overwhelming because life just doesn't go the way you plan always. And so I think I use this practice every morning to wake up and ask God for guidance and ask him just to help me in making the next right decision. This practice allows me to give myself a lot more grace when I mess up and I'm not perfect. I It's allowed me to realize that every moment in your life, even if you mess up, it has a lesson that you can be learned from it. I think the last thing is it helped me realize that I was enough the way I was and that I didn't need to change. The more I learn about myself and the more I accept myself for who I am, I really do love who I am and I love the quirky and perfect, caring, loving, fun person I am. And the more I embrace myself, the more confidence I get. I realized also that it's really hard to mess up life when you're just truly being yourself. And so it's really given me more confidence. So yeah, that's my story. Definitely a brief overview of the past several years. It's been quite the journey, but I do embrace all of it because it's made me who I am today. And I'm really proud of this version of myself. And I didn't really think I could ever get here. And I hope that me being vulnerable and sharing my stories and gives you the confidence to fully embrace who you are because whether you realize it or not you are very special and so loved and you should have so much confidence in yourself and I hope that you fully embrace who you are and just truly live and enjoy your life and I want to thank you all for tuning in today and I look forward to sharing more of my story and other stories moving forward also I'm always looking for a new guest so please feel free to dm me on the instagram it's my mess dot is dot my message because I am always looking for new guests and to hear other stories thank you 